Good morning, everybody. Hope you got a big old cup of coffee so we can get in and talk about 10 of the trending crypto articles today. And boy, do we got one. But uh, first things first, as always, I really do appreciate all those who have subscribed. It really goes a long way to helping me out and lets me know I'm doing something right. So please do. And as always, every single article we are talking about today will be down in the description so you can go check out things for yourself. But of course, we got to spend a little bit of time and a few different articles talking about what just happened last night. For those of you who are not aware, Twitter got hacked. No single user, but Twitter got hacked bad. And the hacker who did it posted up addresses to many verified accounts like Biden, Elon Musk, oh my god, Changpeng Zhao, oh god, just all of the verified Twitter accounts basically being like, hey, I'm gonna do a giveaway. If you send X, if you send Bitcoin here, I'll send you back double. Hooray! You know, the standard uh, Nigerian prince scam of the 2020s that seems to be going on so yeah i talk about this a little bit i don't want to focus too much on the hack itself right at this moment you're going to be getting a news blast out of all of that but i do want to dig into some of the details so these twitter hacker or hackers we're not sure at this time who compromised more than a dozen celebrity accounts appear to be consolidating their funds to an address that had earlier sent money to BitPay and Coinbase. According to the research firm Whitestream, a blockchain analytics company, three transactions originating from the A1A5 address laid to wallets associated with Coinbase and BitPay, both of which provide merchant solutions and know your customer stuff. If you guys have used Coinbase, they've got some pretty stringent uh, KYC controls. So the legacy address that was first, uh, the legacy address was the first to be offered to the hackers, which later switched to a BEC32 address when targeting non-crypto accounts. However, the original address is now the consolidation point for all of the proceeds gained through the attack. It received uh, 14.75 Bitcoin worth about $135,000. Uh, three transactions are believed to be leading to Coinbase and BitPay. The first involves a transfer of 1.2 back in May of 2020, worth about 11k at the time. The latter two were sent two days before that attack and for much smaller amounts. So, basically what they're saying is there's a chance we're going to be able to identify this person who did this. Pretty interesting because of the fact that blockchain is open access and because they're sending money to merchants that provide KYC controls, we might catch them. Now, I'm going to get into, I've got a bunch of news articles talking about the attack today. I just, it is insane to me how this broke down. Um, I was watching another YouTuber talk about it when I, I got up this morning and I had an ad, and the ad was a scam. The ad in the middle of this person's video was a scam, so obviously this is still going on. People are doing it because it works for relatively little time and effort. You get maybe 0.1% of people who see it go, you know, it, it might be a scam, but I'm gonna send, I'm gonna send it like $5. I'm gonna send the address $5. If I get 10 bucks back, well then I'll go on a different account 
in a different wallet and I'll send them $40 and, and, and see if they send that money back. So these attacks are not designed to get people to be sending one to 10 Bitcoin for the most part. It's designed to get people to do things like I just said and they build up their funds by having hundreds of thousands of people doing it and this attack like Elon Musk, Bill Gates, between the two of them I think they have almost a hundred million followers on Twitter. Yeah some of them probably overlap but that type of reach is insane and if you can just get 0.01% of people to send five bucks you're doing pretty well especially in some countries. So yeah it is pretty interesting. I do want to see where this goes it's also going to be nice that they are using this Beck 32 address. I believe it's Sedgwick adjacent or used by the Sedgwick network. So it also reduces the user base. So hopefully they can do some tracking on this. There's a lot of attention that's going to be placed on this. Uh, like I said, we ain't talking about it in just one article. So Twitter, their statements, they're calling it a coordinated social engineering t attack. So big name celebrities, Joe Biden. Barack Obama, Kanye West, Elon Musk, Bill Gates, a bunch of others starting at 1900 UTC. Their accounts were compromised. Twitter said in a series of tweets that the hackers targeted some of its employees who had access to internet tools, which they used to take control of many highly visible, including verified accounts and Twitter on their behalf. Uh, Twitter employees, according to what uh, some people are saying, um, Ben Sigmund, CTO of blockchain startup Make Sense Lab, stated Twitter employees have quote unquote God mode to create tweets from any users. Um, and as I mentioned before, it's worth noting all addresses are Beck32 slash Sedgwit addresses, which helps narrow the wallet and service being used down. Um, I did see Coinbase late last night was blacklisting those addresses. So if you try to send money to, an, to that address from Coinbase, it would stop you. Um, or if those addresses tried to send stuff to Coinbase so they could cash out, it would also stop them. So they're doing some stuff, but oh man, Twitter's looking to what else was impacted. Um, I actually found one of the, the addresses from the scam and I put it into Blockchain Explorer. I'm not going to post it up here because I don't want that QR code um, <laughs> coming back and being used to say I participated somehow, but um, people are still sending it money, and they're all small transactions, that $5, that $10, that $15, just to just to see. Yeah, we'll just see. And if they don't send anything back, well, it's, it's 5 bucks. You know, it's not a big deal, but it's the amount. We're talking like, you know, millions of people, or I'm sorry, tens of thousands of people doing it, all sending 5 bucks. You're looking, you know, in the hundreds and 500,000s. Like, it, these type of things add up. Now, honestly, I don't understand why they didn't just do something like, um, you know, publish any other type of news, something about one or one of them getting into Bitcoin. Like if Bill Gates had said, Ooh, I just bought, you know, X amount of Bitcoin. Yay. They could have pushed the market up, you know, doing all this. It, for this being a coordinated attack, there's probably other hackers who aren't even involved in this like who didn't actually participate that then shorted Bitcoin and shorted Ethereum and shorted XRP and shorted Chainlink and, and all these other cryptocurrencies knowing that this would cause a market dump 
and that's probably where the big money's being made. The Twitter attack itself is small potatoes in the grand scheme of things because they can leverage positions with almost absolute certainty that the market's going to drop. Um, and speaking of drop, let's hop over to Article 3, talk about Mr. Uh, Peter Schiff. And this is tweets like this are contributing to the drop. So Goldbug and notorious cryptocurrency critic Peter Schiff um, stated below, uh, it looks like all verified Twitter accounts have been hacked by someone running a hashtag Bitcoin scam. For once not being verified is advantageous. I wonder if this is a harbinger of Bitcoin itself being hacked. Better to play it safe and just buy hashtag gold. Uh, old out of touch man says old out of touch man things. Like that's Twitter got hacked. Bitcoin, no, Bitcoin's never been hacked. All of the exploits come from people tricking other people into sending them Bitcoin. So, yeah. So in response, Pavel Luptak, co-founder of a Czech cryptocurrency community, um, stated like I just did. It's a hack on Twitter, not Bitcoin. It was just a scammer's way to ask people for money. Of course, it may be a reputation issue for Bitcoin. Um, and I expect some crypto exchanges to start to blacklist these stolen Bitcoins or those stolen addresses. Um, but it is primarily a big reputation issue for Twitter that is not being able to protect their user accounts. The scammer's decision to use Bitcoin was probably motivated by authorities' inability to censor and reverse transactions, which, as we all know, it's actually a feature of Bitcoin that a lot of us consider to be a foundation of its value. Uh, hacking Bitcoin is incredibly, incredibly difficult, border on impossible. It would require someone to gain 51% control of the network to launch. Um, false transactions without the rest of the network stomping it out. So it's it's really hard based on the technology we have today. Um, and in fact, since it was launched in 2009, no coin stolen on the network was through a hack. They're all social engineering scams, and I cannot trumpet that from the mountain enough for all you guys. Don't send money to addresses you don't get things for free. No one does. Alrighty, jumping over to article number four. Again, Twitter. Yeah, that's right. We're still talking about Twitter because it's all that's common. Uh, U.S. Congressman Tom Erner, Republican from Minnesota's 6th District, tweeted, Bitcoin ain't the problem. Centralized control is. Yeah, there you go, Tom. That's what we need. Um, Currently, you know, Decrypt is reporting that the wallet had gotten 12 Bitcoin. Other articles are saying closer to 15. It's probably just an issue when they're being published since people are still sending out money, driving me nuts. But, yeah, according to Emmer's tweet, uh, it could be seen as pointing a finger of blame at Twitter's own centralized controls where a single point of failure can compromise the entire system. Uh, leaked images purporting to show Twitter's internal admin tools were published by Motherboard, showing the level of control that individual administrators have over the platform, including tags for trends blacklist and search blacklist. Yeah, that's right. They can blacklist stuff. So Twitter isn't blind to this problem, though. Uh, the company's founder and CEO, Jack Dorsey, created Blue Sky, a Twitter-funded team tasked with creating an open standard for decentralized social media. And among these changes he hopes to address with decentralized social media are the spread of misleading information, i.e. Bitcoin scams. Oh yeah, but hey, just so you guys know, Tom Erner, 
serves on the House Financial Services Committee and is co-chair of the Congressional Blockchain Committee. So he's been pushing for the U.S. to prioritize accelerating the development of blockchain technology and create an environment that enables American private sector to lead on innovation and further growth. So there you go. Whew. I mean, jumping over here, just to look at Decrypt's website, like Twitter, Twitter, Twitter. Oh, some Human Rights Foundation. Twitter, Twitter. Like, <laughs> there is a lot of Twitter news going on. This is going to be a trending story probably for the week. I'm not going to lie. I honestly think we're going to see a pretty steep drop in some coins. I'm hoping, best case, Bitcoin holds 9,000, which further proves its longevity and stability as an asset. But do not be surprised to see market drops. Like, this is a highly publicized, huge profile thing, which, if the hackers are doing what I think they were doing, this was the aim. They probably shorted the market and then dropped this. And that's how they'll make their millions. Not on the scam itself, but on that. And those will be done in ways that appear legitimate. It'll be really hard to prove, especially if they were not associated with the initial hack itself. Um, the problem is going to be is if this Twitter hacker actually gets caught and he can start naming names of people he coordinated with. So expect this to continue to develop. Um, I'm sorry if I kind of bombarded you with just a lot of... Twitter news, but it is everywhere, and it's trending so badly that I can't ignore it. But hey, let's take a, a nice little short break, stand up, stretch. My back is tweaking on me, not that you need to know that. Um, yeah, stand up, stretch, wander around the room for a second, and then let's hop in and look at the back five. All right, we are back. Sorry about that, drinking some coffee. All right, let's hop over and talk about things that aren't Twitter related. All righty. So Weiss Ratings published a nice little article talking about Cardano and Ethereum and how they're, they're probably going to coexist. So while the launch of Cardano's proof of stake with Shelley will take place in just a few days, the launch of Ethereum 2.0 has been postponed again. Uh, Buterin's put his foot down saying phase zero will be ready this year. Uh, some experts from the crypto community are therefore beginning to doubt that Ethereum could lose its clear dominance in the field of smart contracts and distributed application, or dApps. Uh, in late June, startup investor and consultant Kiang Wang wrote on Twitter, uh, I've changed my mind after using a dozen DeFi platforms. So long as ETH 2.0 is not fully rolled out, there's an obvious opportunity for a highly scalable blockchain to dethrone Ethereum, paying a $10 transaction fee and waiting 15 seconds for a settlement. It's just bad UX, which stands for user experience. Um, yeah, so people are starting to be like, eh, maybe. Uh, and he also asked a serious question. Every ETH killer is trying to copy what has worked so far for Ethereum, DeFi, stablecoins, tokens. What makes them think they can overcome the network effect on Ethereum? Why not try to pioneer new use cases? That's a pretty valid point. Um, you can't always kill the king with uh, playing by the rules. you got to come up with new stuff. And I get it. And that's why I think we're seeing huge growth from 
coins like VeChain and Chainlink because they're offering things Ethereum isn't offering very strongly right now. Ethereum doesn't have an Oracle solution that I'm aware of, and Chainlink offers that. Um, they don't have really good Internet of Things and tracking technology for products like VeChain's doing. Those are just a couple examples. They're not trying to dethrone Ethereum, but they're doing things outside of it using these smart contracts, but applying them in different ways and prioritizing different reward use cases. So, eh, interesting. But let's talk about Ethereum versus Cardano, which is the article. So, uh, according to Weiss Crypto Ratings expert Juan Villaverde, Cardano could become Ethereum's biggest challenger. Um, he was asked about it, um, you know, whether or not Cardano would be a great playmaker in the future, and he's like, well, they're already a major player. Um, they've done work that most other crypto companies, and that includes even Bitcoin, they've done more work. Sorry. Uh, they formalized a lot of science that's behind crypto and blockchain. They're the first ones who, before doing proof of stake, they actually did some research to prove whether or not proof of stake actually makes sense. Um, I don't think Ethereum's going away. I don't think Cardano's going away. Is it going to be as big? Is it going to have a thriving ecosystem with tens of thousands, even millions of people buying stuff on it, using it every day? Remains to be seen. I personally think absolutely yes. But I do believe, you know, we will have this coexistence. Everyone who's like, one coin to rule them all. I mean, ugh, that's some Lord of the Rings crap right there. That's all I'm saying about that. Different coins, different use cases, atomic swapping to swap between them. The, the world is changing, and to be able to buy something with just Ethereum is not going to be the case. You're going to have options. You're going to be at that merchant, and it's going to be like, I'll take it however you can give it to me. I'll take Bitcoin, Ethereum. Tron, Cardano, uh, Bitcoin Cash, if you're one of the five people who are still using it, Bitcoin Gold, if you're the only person still using it. Like, these type of things will um, be happening for a very, very long time, especially as more and more integration happens. I'm waiting for the universal address, regardless of the protocol it's on, regardless of the coin. It's a QR code you could just post. And people can just send crypto to it and it just smartly recognizes the crypto and directs it to the appropriate wallet in your multi-wallet um, tool set like an exodus wallet one qr code that goes straight to the exodus wallet it supports hundreds of different coins gets directed to the right sub wallet and bam there you go uh, if someone isn't developing that and they're listening and they want to try take that million dollar idea just remember me kindly that's all I got to say about that. Alrighty, jumping over. Stellar Lumens. It'd been mooning recently, and I was wondering why. I think we know now. So via press release, the Stellar Development Foundation announced the integration of Stellar into the Samsung blockchain keystone. This integration will allow end users of Stellar Lumens to store their private keys for XLM on certain Samsung devices. Nice. According to this announcement, uh, developers of the Stellar ecosystem will be able to benefit from the integration. They'll be able to create blockchain applications and services for Samsung Galaxy smartphones. The applications and services will be, will be able to use existing products based on Stellar. Pretty darn good. Yeah. So CEO and executive director of the SDF, Danell Dixon, said the integration of Stellar into the blockchain keystone is an important step for the platform. 
highlighting the features of the blockchain keystone, describe them as user-friendly. Uh, Dixon believes this will eventually allow for a higher level of adoption, stating, with this integration, we've opened up to a new network of users that can benefit from the combined innovation of Stellar and Samsung. It's just the beginning as we work together to empower more developers and users to leverage blockchain and the capabilities presented by this integration. Um, good for Stellar. It's not a project I've been following too closely. You know, I talk about it on here from time to time. They are doing things. Um, but this partnership with Samsung, which makes some pretty darn good Android phones, I'm not going to lie. I've never owned one, but I have used them in the past for, I had a, a work phone. It was an S9, I believe. Pretty nice. So I'm pretty, I'm okay with this. Like, just stellar, though. Um, you know, I feel like they could be doing more than just stellar. Uh, I don't know. Guys, let me know down in the comments if you think this is a, a good move or if Samsung should work on expanding and not just have stellar and have a couple other cryptos. I'm kind of lost on this one. Okay, let's jump over to, I believe, Article 8. Uh, but hey, Glassnode says Chainlink buyers are on a rampage, which <laughs> I agree. Uh, so bulls on Chainlink are wiping out wave after wave of sell pressure as Link enters the top 10. Oh, man. And the Insight report says exchanges have witnessed a significant surge in Link deposits over the last few weeks, suggesting that early investors were incentivized to unload their Chainlink holdings as the cryptocurrency soared in value. Oh, yeah. Link exchange deposits reached an all-time high. And the considerable growth in addresses that hold non-zero link balances supports the idea that market participants are incredibly, I added incredibly, bullish on the crypto token. The metric posted an, a new all-time high this month, suggesting a rising number of link holders. Yep. Oh, man. Investors who bought link at the earliest listed price are now up over 5,000%. Decentralized Oracle Network printed a fresh all-time high of $8.33, according to CoinMarketCap. Yep, Chainlink is on a rip-roaring tear, and we'll see. They keep knocking it out. Remains to be seen. All these analysis are coming. They're talking. I see a $10 Chainlink. Easy. This year. Um, this Twitter thing, we'll see what the fallout does to hamper any of this momentum we were starting to build. But I see a $10 chain link. I see a $15 to $20 chain link. Um, easy in the next year or two based on this. Now, is that going to be a sustainable price? Eh, I don't know. I think eight, eight, $8 to $10 is probably a sustainable price level for it. But I do think we'll see a big spike before we see a drop. Just my opinion. Could be very wrong. I'm not a financial advisor, so do your own research. But eh, my opinion. So um, despite all that happened in the first half, we got to talk about Grayscale again. So Grayscale Investments has posted a record quarterly performance, having added almost $1 billion, which nearly doubled its previous quarterly high. 84% of, of the investments were from institutional investors, and the cumulative investment across all of its crypto products has reached $2.6 billion. Not million, billion. The Grayscale Grayscale Bitcoin Trust and the Grayscale Ethereum Trust both experienced record quarterly inflows of 751.1 million and 135.2 million dollars, respectively. Wow, that is a lot of inflow of Bitcoin. So the majority of the investment, obviously, as I said before, 
came from institutional investors dominated by hedge funds. New investors accounted for $124.1 million in inflows and 57% of the investor base for the quarter. So people are hopping on the Grayscale train. It's pretty nuts. With so much inflow to Grayscale Bitcoin Trust relatively, relative to newly minted Bitcoin, there's a sudden reduction in su supply-side pressure. Um, News.bitcoin.com, which I'm reading this on, previously reported that the company added 1.5 times the amount of bi new Bitcoin mined after the halving, and they continue. They are just buying it up so much. And we know this, which is why I'm so confused why Bitcoin is not just like rocket ship blasting off. And it doesn't make sense to me that Grayscale would try to keep this down because of they've got over a billion dollars in Bitcoin. They want it. They want this news out there. They want it to blast off like a rocket ship. They want their one billion in Bitcoin to be worth 10 billion in Bitcoin. Like the amount of returns they would get. Oh my goodness, every investor would be clamoring to buy their stuff. It would turn pretty much the entire exec board and most of the C-suite executives into millionaires and billionaires overnight. Well, they're already millionaires, but 100 millionaires and billionaires overnight. So don't be sleeping on this. Eventually, the amount of supply side pressure is going to hit a breaking point. Bitcoin is going to have to move up. It just has to. Like I can't for the life of me, think of any scenario where it wouldn't. All right, so hopping over to the last article of the day, Quark Chain's partnering with Amazon Web Services. Um, if you have much more technical knowledge than me, um, thanks for watching, but uh, check out this article because it's got a lot of stuff I don't understand. So Quark Chain has recently partnered with Amazon's Web Services to launch a high-performance and high-flexibility enterprise BAAS platform. This is a one-stop application platform that's based on the Amazon Elastic Compute Cloud. Furthermore, this platform supports building highly customized applications with higher availability. Uh, the platform uses network and block browsers for data storage and certification on-chain, smart contract deployment and operation, and on-chain data query. Additionally, the platform helps establish cost-efficient management. This is because it uses Amazon's relational database service. Furthermore, Amazon's RDS automates various time-consuming administrative tasks, uh, ranging from hardware provisioning, backups, database setup, and patching. Um, the system can work with different ledger models, token economics, consensus mechanisms, and virtual machines, and multiple chains. By utilizing a heterogeneous sharding blockchain system, the developer can provide a multi-level permission control. This is highly and very important when the application is a combination of consortium chain and public chain. Dear Lord, it is that is just so much technical knowledge. If anything, this article gives you an idea that Amazon ain't just delivering stuff. Their the logistics side of things, their supply chain side of things is where they've succeeded and it looks like they're starting to license out their products. I mean, why not? They've probably made a few billion dollars off of it. Why not license it out to a few other businesses and you can workshop it and make it better. You can keep all the, you know, beta patches that are really going crazy and doing well for yourselves while you make this stable for other businesses so they can pull in a profit and then you know, let it trickle down to them as you continue to improve. And it's just how I'd do it. If I was Jeff Bezos, so 
Yeah. Now, Quark Chain's actually got a lot going on for it, not just Amazon. Uh, they actually partnered uh, with the provincial government of China. Uh, so they're working t with an ecological department under the government. Furthermore, they will build an environmental governance platform on blockchain. Consequently, the first uh, EGBP, environmental governance, public blockchain, will find its application for construction, resource management, and trading in a northwestern province in China. And it will use heterogeneous sharding technology, which seems to be Quark Chain's pretty good thing. Um, yeah, Quark Chain represented the blockchain industry at the AWS Technology Summit. Um, the, this year again, AWS has invited Quark Chain. It will use this opportunity to demonstrate this enterprise boss platform. And Quark Chain is also staking. So it's got a lot going on with it. This Amazon thing, as they continue to integrate, is huge both for Quark Chain and for Amazon. Um, and the additional things they're doing with China, uh, Quark Chain's something to watch. Don't sleep on it. Um, if you've been thinking about expanding into a different coin, I would start doing some research into Quark Coin. Honestly, would. Or sorry, Quark Chain Coin. But hey, all right. So that was the 10 articles for the day. If you made it this far, thank you ever so much. I really do appreciate it. Uh, it's a very red day, as we've talked about. Due to this whole Twitter thing, uh, Bitcoin's down a percent, Ethereum 2.8, XRP 3, Bitcoin Cash and Bitcoin SV down 2.73 and 4.45 respectively. Cardano dropped back down to the number seven spot at with a 6% drop. Chainlink also has a 6% drop, and then Litecoin and Binance Coin coming in with a 3.5% and a 5.5% drop, rounding out the top 10. Going down here, the first green non-stable coin I see is Stellar, up just under a percent, probably on that Samsung news, and it's probably would be up 5, 6, 7, 8% if not for the downturn in the market overall. Unas, S-E-D-L-E-O is up 3%. And then from there on, it is Red City all the way down to Hedge Trade sitting at number 31. Oh, Synthetics is up about 11%. Good for Synthetics. I wonder what they're doing other than just DeFi being DeFi. So that is all I got for you today. If you've made it this far um, you know, and you haven't subscribed yet, please do. If you have subscribed, thank you. I know I sound like a broken record when I say it, but I really do appreciate it. Um, it lets me know that I'm doing something right, and I really... I really do get a lot of enjoyment out, out of this. Um, personal life's kind of a mess right now, quite honestly. Um, wife's got a meeting in 30 minutes where I think we're gonna find out she's lost her job. And yeah, so um, I really do appreciate you guys listening. Um, you add a bright spot to my day and I can't thank you enough for that. So um, stay strong out there, stay safe, um, and I'll talk to you all tomorrow. Thanks. <laughs>